Hey, this is Dave Pryor. We're here at Agile 2018 all week long doing interviews with speakers and thought leaders and folks that invented a lot of this stuff that we do, wrote the books that we all use to do the work that we do, and who helped shape this stuff. And Esther Derby's come by again. Thank you, Esther, yeah, for coming. Yeah, it's really nice to see and you again. Esther doesn't like the kale, because the kale's nasty. I tried it. It was, ooh. I love kale. <laughs> And spinach and all the stuff that's in I it, like but somehow spinach. when it's all like mush it up it's all the, yeah, up into one thing, business. it reminds me of the basomatic. Actually, <laughs> it tastes like that. What I imagine that would taste. I'll like. go home and eat some kale straight up. Okay, and you'll have to do the rubbing of the kale. Yeah, massaging. Um, so for me, one of the coolest things about being at the conference is there's all these people that kind of inspire me and make me want to do this stuff and make me want to get better. And you're one of those people. Oh, that's nice. And. You just lost a close friend, yeah. Jerry Weinberg, who passed away this week. Yeah. Um, for the folks that don't know about him, can you kind of talk about him a little bit or talk about one of your favorite stories of well, working with Jerry? Uh, Jerry was a leader in technology. He worked on the Mercury Project. Yeah. So he's, you know, he had very, very serious um, technical expertise and made very serious technical contributions. And he also made huge contributions on the human side of software. Yeah. And one of his seminal books was The Psychology of Computer Programming, which really said this is a deeply human activity. Okay. Um, and, and for me, um, I am most touched by his contributions as they relate to working effectively with other humans and seeing okay. things systemically. And just, He's one of the main systems thinking people too. Yeah, right? well, yeah. General, introduction to general systems thinking. Yeah. It's not that's not an easy read. A lot of his books are actually really easy and engaging to read. Okay, not that not one. So much okay. That yeah. Okay. So how do so what's what's one story? What's your well, favorite Jerry story? Oh man. Can you got the Kleenex. I have 27 years worth of stories. One, I can't pick one. But I'll tell you okay. how I met Jerry. Okay. Because I met him. I met him in 19. 91. Which is, we figured out, 27 years ago. Yeah, so okay. when you graduated from college. Yes. And um, I was an employee at a big company, and he had been hired as a consultant. And okay. uh, I met him, and he wasn't like, you know, the hierarchy there. You know, okay. he's this kind of older guy. I mean, he's younger than he was last week, but, right. uh, you know, relatively speaking, older guy. Who just didn't look like the suits. Okay. You know, he showed up in these kind of rumpled clothes and he just talked to everybody. And like they just, were humans. Yeah, like they were humans and it was engaging. And um, there was one particular manager that many of us were struggling with. Okay. He was very, very controlling and very judging and very blaming. And, and, um, and so we, we were always struggling with him. And we went out to lunch with Jerry in the company cafeteria. So there was like the four of us sitting around the table. And we were complaining about this guy again. And one of us ascribed some motivation right. to Ted. Oh, They don't know Ted's name. I just revealed his name. Um, we're calling him Ted. Yeah, Ted. Um, <laughs> and... Should have called him Donald. <laughs> Oh, you're bad. You're very bad. You're very, very bad. Um, so, so he said, "Well, that's one interpretation." Okay. Which is a tiny little intervention, yeah. but it was like, "What do you?" There's another possibility. <laughs> and that was actually a, 
a, a really important thing to learn that okay. you know we There's take in ways of yeah, at we stuff. take in data and then we make meaning of it yeah. and from that meaning that we make up that's what everything and all else the biases is. and noise right, you bring to right. it. and yeah. then and then you know our our feeling about it doesn't come from actually what we observed. It comes from the meaning, the story we made up yeah, about it. Which is probably tied to something totally unrelated could, to it anyway. Could be tied to something that happened in the past. Could be because he looks like your uncle. You know, who right. knows why? Um, but that our response is never directly to the data. It's to what we make up about the data. Okay, the and story that, you tell in your head about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and once you can say, oh, well, that's how I'm interpreting it, but it could be something else... You have many more options for action. Okay. And that was one of that. If I have to think about all the things like I've in. learned in my lifetime, yeah. that's one of the most important things I learned. Okay. It's that I am not responding to some objective thing. I'm responding to my. Now, did that help you kind of diffuse your animosity towards that person? Oh he, no, he was still a jerk. <laughs> okay. But it gave me more options for action. Okay, well that's because, good. And it, it, it actually could, you know, I could then say, well, you know, he might be trying to do this, this might be his motivation, yeah. so from and so on. So, um, so it, did, it did help me interact with him in a more productive way. Okay. And it is a, a, it's something I come back to a lot. In, okay. in situations where something's going on, it's like, well, what else could that mean? Yeah. I had know, what else could their intention be? I had a teacher one time, I was complaining about something somebody had done, and, and she said, you have to remember that every person you meet at that moment is doing the very best job they can with whatever's yep. going on. So yep. that manager who seems like a total like jerk to you, you don't know all the other things happening in that person's right. world. And they're right. probably not right. getting up with the intention of just like right. turning the screws on you all day. I mean, maybe they are. Well, it, depending on what their mo mental model of how people work is. And how right. they're motivated and right. all the other right. stuff in their backstory. But um, if people want to look that up, it's the satire interaction model is one way to understand okay. that input, meaning, feeling, response. Okay. Yeah. Um, Super important. So we're going to segue to two other topics really quick. Okay. So we were only, I only prepped you for one, but I, gotta, oh, I want to mention your talks. Oh. So you, you, you did creating an environment for su successful agile Those teams. were days ago. You expect me know, to remember? I know. It's been like a month. And huh. clarity, conditions, and constraints. So that was the one that I wanted to ask you the, the most about. Um, and I'm looking at all my notes because I have all these questions in here <laughs> about it. So you talked about the difference between a constraint and a policy. Can you talk about um, that? Well, so... so in, if, if you're familiar with theory of constraints, mm -hmm. your view of constraints may be negative. So constraints okay. restrict flow. Right. Um, but if you come at it from a complexity lens, which I do, I would say constraints set boundaries yeah. and they, um, they dampen flailing. Okay. That's an interesting way of saying it. So, so I, I think of constraints as saying, you know, here's... Here's your decision boundary. You can yeah. make decisions within this boundary. You know, you can choose Here's your own testing tools. Are. Yeah, you can move yeah. the walls in your office. You can buy you can buy whatever you, tools you need up to fifty thousand sure. dollars. You know, whatever. So, so a team can make decisions within that boundary. And when they hit hit the boundary, right. it doesn't mean oh no no you can't do that. It's like you have a conversation. Yeah. But it, it's it's a bounded autonomy, right? So within okay. these constraints. 
and do whatever you, you want. So another example of a constraint may be, you know, as a company, our technical direction is, you know, uh, cloud. We're going. We're putting okay. everything in the cloud, which then says the cloud, <laughs> which then says, um, okay, we're not going to be, you know, buying. Bunch of gear. On yeah, our, bunch yeah. of gear. We're not going to be give it know, all to Amazon. Hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to be you know putting up server racks in the back right. room. So, so that dampens flailing about decisions regarding how we're going to store our data. How are we well, power it? How are we going to air yeah, condition? Yeah, this stuff. is what we're doing. Right. So that's a constraint. But, but the constraint. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking about it differently. To me, that's not a negative. It's just this is the wall, and if you meet the wall, and you need to move the wall. You got to figure out how, or you have a conversation. Yeah. So it's not negative. It's actually hugely positive to have those constraints. It's like guidelines for a kid. Everybody needs guidelines. Right. Right. Okay. So, but policies, in contrast to these constraints, generally are designed to anticipate and prevent all sorts of stupid, bad, and wrong behavior. Right. They they come from a place of we have to prescribe behavior. And we're going to have policies that say you have to get permission, you have to do this thing, you have to do, you don't have to, you know, they, 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 they're actually laying on specific behavior Okay. in many cases, okay. um, or a general class of behavior. But isn't it really, it's a risk, I mean, I think about like the PMI stuff that I know, they're all created to limit, to reduce risk, to try to keep us safer, with the best of intention. Sure, and they often of make us stupid. Well, they, they often do, but, but I, I guess I just hope that the people who came up with them didn't oh, want us good, to be had stupid. Good intentions. Yeah, they didn't want they us to be stupid, intentions. they wanted to keep sure. us safe. Sure, um, you know, like, uh, like uh, for example, in a policy that says you have to get approval to go to training. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the intention is we want to be good stewards of our money, yep. and we want to make sure the training is relevant to the work you do. Yep. How that's often received is... On one hand, I'm getting a message that says, we want you to learn, we want you to be continually deve- t- continuously yeah. developing your professional exerti- expertise, but you must ask permission. Yeah. Right, so it's a... It's a Different kind of... A, you don't have the freedom that you would... Right, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confusing message. Yeah. And in most companies, because stuff trickles down... Right. I was going to use another word, but, you know, the, everything kind of trickles down... So you have policy upon policy upon policy upon policy upon policy, and by the time you you know you hit the people who are actually doing the work, um, it's like Gulliver tied down by a thousand threads, and each little thread may be very thin, but there's so many of them that it sucks. It sucks, and you can't move. And in many organizations, it's impossible to get work done without breaking the rules. Yeah, which is an interesting message to send people. And then the people that get promoted are the ones that break the most rules. Yes, if they do often, it the right way. Yeah, but they don't get caught, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, so so it's a it's a way of kind of setting up the guardrails. Yeah. You know, another example of a constraint might be, you know, we always um, let our customers know when we're going to um, be late on a commitment. Okay. You know, we would never lie to our customers. So this is about behavior, too. But then you actually have to not lie to your customers. Right. Well, yeah, that's helpful. (laughs) Um, So we would always treat our customers this way. We would never treat our customers that way. Okay. So So are you advocating more for constraints that will support a team or management changing these? 
What was the spin you Well, I think I think constraints exist on in several different domains. There's okay. like steering domain, right. which is kind of, you know, where are we going as a whole company? And that's where it might be um, we would always treat our customers this way. We've never sure. treated our customers. We always treat our coworkers. We never treat our coworkers. Um, and kind of broad fiscal constraints and okay. so forth and so on. But they... Uh, you know, they trickle down. Yeah. They exist in different domains. So, so on an enabling domain, it might be which decisions are delegated fully to teams within yeah. which boundaries. Okay. Right? So going back to that example of the, yeah. te- of the tool, you can okay. buy whatever testing tool will support your work up to $50,000. And if it's more than $50,000, then we have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. Or if it's going to impact another team, we have a conversation. So it's helpful if you know. You just have to know where the walls are. Right. Okay. And make them explicit. So you're not in the situation of my neighbor's dogs. Have I told you about my neighbor's dogs? No. Um. I'm sorry. I'm excited for this part because we don't have any food to talk about. So this is going to be good. Well, I, I you, hope it's not a sad make, story. You could make me drink some more of that kale No, I threw um, it on the floor. You might have to lick it off the floor. I'm not looking that up. No, I'm, I'm not. We'll make Ben look it up. So anyway, my, my neighbors, bless their hearts. Um, yeah. Um, you know, when they moved in, they thought, well, we're probably going to build a garage here, so we don't want to bury our invisible fence. You know what invisible fence is, where they have that electric wire that goes under the ground? We don't want to bury it because we just have to dig it up when we build the garage. Okay. So three years later. Still no garage. Still no garage. And the wire is still on the ground, blowing around in the wind. Okay. Oh, just, you know, strong wind comes up oh, six feet. And those poor dogs, on Never any given day, the they, don't know where the, they don't know where the wire is. So, wow. So those dogs now don't get anywhere close to the edge of the, edge of the yard. They're, wow. they're like a good eight feet in. They That's don't come up. anywhere. Close. Bless their hearts. The dogs could um, use some constraints that they can rely on. Yeah, well, yeah. and this happens with teams a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're empowered, but no. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's useful to have them be explicit. Yeah. And then to know, no, it's not like you never go over that. We have a conversation. Okay. It's like the budget I had for my kitchen remodel. It's like, this was my budget. And I could have done X, Y, and Z within that budget, but if I spent mm, some extra amount, right. I could have had a truly fabulous kitchen. And you can make that choice. And I made that choice, so and we had the conversation. And so now I, you, you have know, a fabulous kitchen. I have a fabulous kitchen, and it was above my initial budget. But it, was, I, it, wasn't, choice. it wasn't like totally rigid. It was yeah. like, okay, let's. this is the guideline, and given this situation, yeah. Oof, all right, what's money? Oh. All right. Um, yeah. So, one more shift, and I'm going to hold this up. We're going to oh. put a picture of this uh, attached to this later yeah. on after the interview. But this is about your online classes that yes. you're starting to do, which is yes. a big change for you. Yeah, I've been doing experiential um, workshops for... A couple of years. A couple of decades. Okay. Um, you know, and that's something I study with Jerry. Right. You know, that's my first um, entree into experiential learning was with Jerry okay. in 1991 okay. or two. Um, took a workshop called PSL, which changed my life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And now Jerry asked me to carry that on, so I'm, now, I'm teaching that workshop. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But this, I am um, I'm doing an experiment with okay. online courses, trying to make them as interactive and it 
engaging as I can with okay. exercises that we can talk about in a Slack channel. And this okay. is, I'm starting with one um, on retrospectives to help teams do more effective retrospectives. Which is the perfect time to mention that Esther is also the author yes. of Agile Retrospectives. The co-author, yeah, so, with Diana Larson. Which everyone should own. And if you sign up for my fabulous online class, um, you get a copy you of the e-book. Of and, of you the get, e-book. and you get taught and by the person a, who well, wrote the book. Well, you get to watch the, the little videos and interact with me okay. in the Slack channel. Okay. Still yeah, so I'm, I've, I've had um, uh, a number of people um, test it out for me okay. and help me find all the typos because yeah. I'm never going to find the typos. Um, and I've gotten really great feedback. Cool. That's awesome. one, one of the people I know who is, uh, um, she's a manager of Scrum Masters, and she said, you know, I thought I knew a lot about retrospectives. I learned a lot. So it's it's aimed for people who are starting, but there's there's material that will be helpful yeah. to more advanced people. And it's it's not just a rehash of book. And you can it's learn new from material. the best. This is great. Oh, and thanks. you're gonna have more. I'm assuming this goes well. Well, you know, who knows? We'll see. Okay. Who knows? Have I to, could teach people. They'll have to come back and I, check. I could teach people how to make uh, kale salad. Yeah. Yeah. Massage yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Massage the kale. So you don't have to chew for a month. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And I'm sorry about the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it was. It is part of life. Yes, it is. So, Um, so keep watching. We're going to be doing interviews all day long here at After 2018. Thanks.